the purpose might change over time, depending on what you're doing. You know, one purpose for my company might go out and motivate others where now is my purpose is working with clients to get them featured and to get them to help build their brand. And so the purpose might change over time, but that doesn't mean that you can't pivot what you want to do and what you see that's out there. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business succeeding on the internet. Now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to Trevor Oldham in our first bonus episode. Every now and then, we may throw in some bonus episodes into the mix that may not follow our typical format. It was a privilege to interview Trevor at this podcast event, PodMax, and I knew my listeners would benefit from hearing from him. So please enjoy our very first bonus episode on the Marketing Matrix Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am here with the incredible and talented and relentless businessman, Trevor Oldham. Trevor, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, and happy to be here. Okay, guys, we are seriously so excited to have Trevor on the show. We're actually a part of a bigger event today. <clears throat> when, the, when we're recording this, we're a part of PodMax Global. And so we got connected through that and we're super excited to be a part of that event. Wanted to give a shout out to that. I also want to give a shout out to Trevor for being here and being a part of this. I want to introduce this incredible entrepreneur and then I'm going to let him share his story because guys, he has stuff to tell. So Trevor Oldham is a 23-year-old entrepreneur, author, and founder uh, and CEO of Podcasting You, a done-for-you podcast booking agency that enables six- and seven-figure individuals to speak to their ideal audience to increase their leads, attract new customers, and grow their brand. Prior to Podcasting You, Trevor started Become the Lion, a motivational-based company that grew to over 600,000 followers in the first year. He's on a mission to teach entrepreneurs that age is not a factor when it comes to success. So I have to ask, because of that last line, Trevor, how old are you? I am 23, turned 23 in February. It's, it's nice, you know, still being young and still being able to use that tagline every birthday. I'm like, ooh, can I still be calling myself a young entrepreneur? But I feel as though being, being 23, I'm still able to sort of use that young entrepreneur tagline. I love it. So where did, how did you get this entrepreneurial fire so early? Like where, where did it come from? So I was working a job. I was making $7 and three cents an hour. And that three cents came, uh, added on to that $7 after working at the job for three months. That was my raise. So I was like, Oh man, you know, $7, three cents, that's not going to pay the bills forever. And I was sort of just, you know, trying to look for a way out. And somehow, some way I, I came across this book and it was called 
It was basically outlined the differences between the lower, middle, and upper class. And one of the differences between the lower, middle, and upper class is usually most people in the upper class have gone off and started a business. And I was thinking to myself, in the past, I had bought and sold Ed Hardy clothing from like Marshalls and TJ Maxx, bought and sold baseball cards, went door to door, lemonade selling. So I sort of always had that entrepreneurial gene, never know that there was a, you know, a word to it, just thought it was, I'm going to go out there and make money for myself and not have someone else, you know, determine my income. So that was really my first third of, you know, thoughts into entrepreneurship. What I initially did is I found out a site called Alibaba and AliExpress. And for those of you who might not know what they are, basically you can wholesale products from China, bought 50 phone cases from there, sold them, or the 50 phone cases for about $80, um, tried to sell them on eBay, learned that if you buy a brand name from China, sometimes there might be knockoffs, which the, uh, the customers on eBay certainly learned that quickly. But so then I kind of just, you know, learned, all right, not to buy name brand products. I started another company called Trevor James Products, where I bought and sold watches, um, buy the watches for $2, sell them for $20, buy the bracelets for $1, sell them for $18, built that brand. Um, primarily through Instagram using influencers. I reach out to influencers, you know, with 10, 20, 30,000 followers and just say, hey, you know, do you want to promote my brand? I'll send you some free product. I mean, the cost to me was only the $1 for the bracelet plus the three bucks to ship it. And then they were promoted for free. And I kind of built that company was still looking for something more, found out become the lion. And that's where that company really grew. I wanted to motivate others. And that company just, it really just took off. And again, you know, even though the company just grew so quickly and had so many followers, you know, people love motivational content, but just because they love motivational content doesn't mean that they're going to buy from you. Um, it's something I sort of learned after the hard way. And I just put in two and a half, three years into the business. I just sort of decided I want to take a, another step in my life. Wasn't sure, you know, what that step was going to be. Started doing a little bit of freelancing. Someone wanted to get booked on podcasts, took on that job and did really well with her. I'm still working with her to this day, you know, three years later and just, sort of just got started in the world of getting people booked on podcasts and she grew into, you know, another client, you know, she gave some referrals and then the business just started to grow. And I was like, Hey, you know, I'm pretty good at getting people booked on podcasts. You know, they pay me good money. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more profitable than any of my previous companies. Let's just keep going. And the business has just uh, really just kept growing today. And it's something that I absolutely love to do. That's amazing. I love that story. And what I think is amazing how you, you really are, you're only 23 and yet you've been worked, you've worked with multiple of your companies for multiple years. So like it shows that like you, you didn't waste time getting started trying to figure out how to make wealth for yourself. Um, the other thing that I think is really, really interesting is how it seems like you were really following the market, right? You were, you had an idea and you tried something but then you followed the market to make your next step or your next move. Was that intentional? Was it a gut thing? Like how did, how did that develop over time? I think a lot of looking at the market is just testing and then trying and see what works, you know, especially, in, you know, when I was running Trevor James products and we would come out, you know, we'd purchase a new bracelet, the wholesale and sell, we'd be able to pre-order it, see which ones got the most orders so that we could tell. And then with become the lion, it was, you know, we would be posting on, on Instagram four times per day. You could tell, you know, one post got a hundred likes, one post got 500, one post got a thousand, you know, how can we, you know, reinvent that one with a thousand and keep repurposing that content? Cause that's working the best. And then even at podcasting you, I know we've worked in a variety of different industries and some clients, you know, were super successful getting them on some clients we've had a harder time. So then we just gravitated our focus on the areas that we feel the strongest. So I found that it's a lot of just testing what's out there in the marketplace. You know, I'm always, Sometimes it may not be a good thing, but if I have an idea, I just go out and do it. And then sometimes 
you know, it fails and sometimes it works, but I don't want to just sit on the sideline knowing I had this idea and I never got to implement it. And I think that's important for anyone out there. You know, you know we have like somewhere around 60,000 60, thoughts a day. You know, I guarantee you're going to have one good idea that comes from that. If you don't act on it, you know, that could be, you know, your moneymaker idea and it may not come along for another year or so. So I really just try to reemphasize with people is to really act on those ideas. And then if you fail, to just look at it as a learning experience. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, obviously we see some become the lion coming out in, in your, <laughs> in your message today. So, so let's talk about um, that, that process for just a moment. I mean, um, I, I've also had three different businesses. The first two were, were really failures for different reasons, but like, it was really discouraging for me. It made me feel like, okay, well maybe entrepreneurship isn't for me. Like, did you ever have that? Or were you just totally dedicated and like, okay, this isn't it, but there's something out there. Like what was, what was your mindset as you were going through these processes? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is the roughest time and the hardest time I ever had as an entrepreneur is when I went from running, become the lion to really not having anything else. I know I didn't have any backup plan. And I found that when I didn't have a purpose, it was a lot harder to get out of bed during the day to do things. And I found myself being super un, unmotivated because I'm not the type of person to just sit there and want to watch Netflix all day. I want to be able to go out there and do things that I feel are productive to myself and also to others. And that was really the hardest time in my life was really that period of about six months, pretty much from July, I believe 2017 to December, 2017, before I really got started with podcasting you. And what I learned is that I need a purpose for myself and that purpose isn't, you know, I didn't want to go out there and just get a job and work, you know, at a, you know, a retail store again, you know, that job had been paying me $7 and three cents an hour. And I really just wanted to dig myself out of there. And it was sore for me. It was like, I just can't go back to that. I've been open to this world of entrepreneurship. I know that I can go out and make money for myself without having to get these jobs that typical other college students would have to get. And for me, it was almost like I would have been taking a major step back in my life, you know, as a, with Become the Lion, I even hosted my own podcast and I was able to connect with these super successful entrepreneurs. And it was like, I'm going to be going backwards in time working with these people that, you know, at the store that might be unmotivated, lack direction. And I would open up to this whole world of entrepreneurship. I really got to figure my, my way out. And that's where that sort of freelancing came in. I was able to get my interest back into entrepreneurship. But I don't want to say, you know, it's an, it was an easy ride. You know, I started, you know, one company and then moved to the next and then moved to the next. There was a really, you know, sort of dark period during that time where I was unsure of what to do and felt really, you know, like, you know, at times very depressed. And what I learned is that I really just need a purpose for myself and a purpose within my life to just, you know, get me out of bed and to get me going for the day. I love it. Yeah. Having a purpose really is super, super key. And I found that not just having a purpose, but having a very clear purpose, right? Because some, some purposes are kind of murky. But the more clear your purpose is, the more that it inspires action, right? Exactly. And I think anyone, you know, the purpose might change over time, depending on what you're doing. You know, one purpose for my company might go out and motivate others. Where now is my purpose is working with clients to get them featured and to get them to help build their brand. And so the purpose might change over time, but that doesn't mean that you can't pivot what you want to do and what you see that's out there. You know, I'm a big proponent and that's why something I think large companies where I'm a small company, it's myself and four employees where we're able to pivot. I have an idea and I can go in and implement it or I can try it out with my clients tomorrow. 
where I feel like some people might just be stuck in the mud and they don't want to pivot as much. And I think that's a major thing when running a business is, again, having these ideas and just being able to test them out right away. And not everything's going to work. Sometimes I, I do something and a month later, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really stupid. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. I should have put some more effort behind it. But I think it's all just a learning process and really just understanding that it's okay to fail and it's okay to not know everything. It's, you know, everyone's learning, even the most successful entrepreneurs in the world are always constantly learning and trying out new tactics and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. I love it. I love it. Your optimism is seriously inspiring. It's fantastic. Okay. So let's talk about podcasting you a little bit. Uh, tell, tell listeners what, what that's about. I mean, you've, you've mentioned that it's helping six and seven figure earners get booked on bo- podcasts. Do you want to let us in a little bit on like what, what the mission is of it and the mechanics of how that works? Of course. So what we do in a nutshell is get people booked on podcasts. And what we found is that most people don't want to spend the time getting themselves booked on podcasts because it is a very long process. We'll, we'll go out, we'll create a pitch for someone, media kit. And then the biggest time suck for clients is just finding shows for them to be a fit on. They know that there's you know, over a million podcasts, but they have no idea how to find you know, the hosts, to find the contact information, how to reach out to them. So we really try to take all of that and make it as simple as possible for our client where anyone can go out there and get themselves booked on podcasts. There's blog articles, there's YouTube videos. It's not something that anyone can't do. Where we come in is we're able to take that sort of task off your plate and be able to go out and do it in an automated process where you work with us, you know, we spend a couple of hours with our team. And then from there on out, we just send you, you know, nice booking links for you to be on podcasts. And it's really just that sort of automation process and just taking this task off someone's place, someone's plate. And like, we like to reiterate, you know, we don't, we don't expect the podcasting to be part, you know, the entire someone's marketing strategy. We like to be a part, you know, a single part, you know, let's say there's five parts of someone's marketing strategy. You know, we're one of those five parts because there's so many different ways. And especially with podcasting, you know, we try to teach our clients, you know, when you do an interview, you're able to take that interview and create social media posts. So let's say social media is another arm of your marketing channel. You're able to take the content and then produce it out there. And we've just found that with our, with our clients, you know, a lot of the times they come to us to build a personal brand and with podcasting, you can just create so many different forms of content with it. And then additionally, if they have a product or service to sell, you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world if they get, you know, if they get to share that and be able to promote themselves a little bit, but we really just want to just create a company where we're able to help people get booked on these podcasts, targeting their audience, along with making it as simple as possible for them. So they don't have to do all that necessary legwork. I mean, for myself, I, for podcasting for the first year, I did all that legwork, you know, of figuring, trying to figure out researching, you know, countless hours of researching. And we just try to make it as simple for, for our clients. They don't have to go out and do all that work. So it's more of a, a done for you. Or if you just spend these couple of hours with us, we're able to go out and then just get you booked on these shows. Cause someone might find when they want to go out and get themselves booked on podcasts, it is a, it's like even like having your own podcast. There's a lot of things that go behind the scene. It's not as simple as just hitting record and, and that's it. There's editing and, and show notes. And it's the same sort of when it comes to being a guest on podcasts, there's prepping, there's sending emails, follow-ups and, and all that good stuff. I love it. So you mentioned that you've noticed that some niches are easier than others or some, some influencers you've been more successful with. Like, have you started to narrow in on a niche that like, if you work with, with entrepreneurs who want to be an entrepreneur podcast, like you just got a list of podcasts and it makes it a lot easier or do you focus on health and wellness? Like, like where, where have you found your focus as, as an agency? So our main focus, we have, you know, what we call our A, B and C areas. So first one, bread and butter is our real estate investor podcast. We find 
real estate investors love connecting with other real estate investors, especially if they're trying to raise money for a new deal. Um, then our B sort of area is going to be online entrepreneurs, people that are looking to market online. You know, there's tons of online marketing podcasts out there where someone can, you know, there's so many different areas within online marketing. You might be an SEO expert where someone might be an expert at growing their social media following. So we find that online marketing is really good. And then also the C area is coaches. We work with a lot of um, like entrepreneurial coaches, business coaches, peak performance coaches. And we find that them, you know, they're able to go on, talk about their story, talk about how they help others with the goal of having a client, you know, end up signing up with them. The areas we found that to be a little bit trickier might be the health and fitness space. There's just tons and tons of competition. We've taken on um, an author before, trying to get them on other author books, didn't go so successful. So I think it's just anything. It's just trial and error and really sticking to what we do best. And over time in the beginning of the business, I used to take on any client that would come to us. And now I've sort of learned that I don't want to just take on any client. You know, I want to say no to some clients just because I want to make sure that we can deliver on our services and what we have to offer. And I think that's a, a good learning point for any entrepreneur, especially if they're first starting their business, you might want to take on every single client that you can. And sometimes it might be a little bit difficult to fulfill those satisfaction, but it's just like anything. It's a learning curve, figure out what works best for your business. And I know there's other podcast booking agencies out there, and I'm sure some of them might specialize in that health and fitness space where our company is not as strong and they're a lot more stronger where we focus strongly on the real estate investing space where they might not focus on strongly. So it's also just seeing what's out there in the marketplace and really just I think it's just figuring out what works best for you and works best for your company. And trust me, you'll, you'll figure it out when we send, you know, 20 pitches for a real estate investor and we get 10 responses versus when we send 20 pitches for a health and fitness person, we get two responses. Well, it's, you know, five times the amount of work to get this health and fitness person as it is to get this real estate investor, but they're paying the same amount of money to our company. So why not go where it's a little bit easier? Mm, I love that. So, so it sounds like your pricing model then is where you are getting them on a certain number of shows a month then. And like your team is going to work as hard as it takes to get them on that number of shows. Is that, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, that's correct. So what we, I guess we switched up our pricing model in April. What we used to do in the past is worked off commission. And what we learned is that clients would come to us and they would want to get booked on five or so shows. And then they would, that would kind of be it. And what we learned is it's a lot of work on our end. It probably takes anywhere from five to 10 hours to set up between like the pitch, the media kit and database, all that, you know, and spending time with the client. And, you know, it was a lot of work just to have someone get only get booked on five shows. So what we, what we learned is we sort of switched that process. And now we charge in packages of 15 shows, 20 shows, and then 25 shows. And we learned that the clients coming to us, um, they're a lot more, I guess, qualified where someone who might have come on and only done five interviews, you know, they might have not been as qualified, so it might have been a little bit harder to book them. We found that the quality of clients by charging out a higher package um, works out a lot better. And plus, it gives us a lot more peace of mind where sometimes we were even working on commission, we wouldn't charge until someone had the interview. And we would learn that, you know, we'd go to invoice them and they wouldn't pay their invoice for three or four weeks or sometimes it's even been three or four months of still tracking them down. So having that, making them pay upfront, we found that to be a lot better. Plus, it encourages them to book their interview because sometimes that would be another problem we'd run into is, we'd be tracking them down to get them to book an interview. So really charging that upfront price was a lot more pivotal um, for us than just charging off, you know, working off commission. 
I love that. And I love that you're, you are willing to go into like how those iterations happen. So guys, like even if you don't have a uh, podcast booking agency, like there are lots of principles that Trevor just shared that you can pull on in terms of how to collect payment and realizing like, what is your responsibility, right? So it, you, you realize that like, you didn't want the responsibility of also booking the show and also being responsible for the results after the show. It's like, no, all we do is we get you to have a show that's interested in you. Like you got to take it from there. And like you, so you just keep niching down your product, which allows you to be more specific in your offering. It also allows you to be more profitable in your offering um, and draw. And I love how you said, like we draw in a better customer because of that. Um, so I hope that you guys are taking what Trevor is saying and applying that to your own situation and how you can make adjustments to make your, your business work better for you. That's fantastic. Okay. So one other question about how, how you do work. So as a podcast host, I get contacted like probably a half a dozen times <laughs> a week from podcasting um, agencies that are trying to get a guest on my show. Um, but the messages are never personal. There's actually, it's like, it's like there's, there must be like an email floating around there that like, it's just a copy paste and like they just change out the names and, um, you know, I'm like, how do I even know that you vetted my show? So like, what, what makes you different? Like, how do you get people on, on podcasts in a quality way? Cause you've, you've said multiple times how you, it takes you a lot of time. So it sounds like you have a lot more of a personal touch than just like blasting a list of podcasters hoping to get a response. Exactly. And honestly, that's something we used to do in the past when I was first starting off. I, would t I remember it was even, I was working with a real estate lawyer and, I, and he was working in the investing space and our, any podcast that had the word real estate in it, I, I would try to get them on. And so that was, that was a learning curve, you know, realizing that real estate agents and real estate investors are two totally different categories. And, but what we've learned is we want to spend time looking at these podcasts because we could go out and we could, you know, copy and paste show name, the host name, and send that, you know, send that sheet out in 30 seconds. You know, anyone, anyone can do that. But what we've learned and to increase our conversion rates is we actually have our client or our booking agents on our team is we have them look at each individual show for our client and then reference either, you know, the show description, um, listen to, you know, first five, 10 minutes of the interview, or just even look at the past guests and then reference a guest that they had and how they would be able to also, how the host would also be able to benefit um, from our client's topic. So it's really just doing a lot more research into the show and just making sure, you know, it's a good fit. The last thing we want to do is email a show and have the host be like, this isn't even close to being a fit for what I'm doing. And we found that even like in the real estate space, especially, you know, there's so many different sort of sub niches where a real estate investor who's, let's say, buying flipping houses is going to be totally different than someone, say, who is, has a real estate syndication fund. The two, to the audiences are going to be two totally different audiences. And especially when we work with a client, you know, she's a female business coach. It's going to be totally different if we're pitching her for a show that's more manly. It's just, it's just not going to be a fit. So we really just take a whole look at the show, make sure everything looks good, see if it aligns with the target audience. And I think having that target audience is super, super important. So we've had a lot of clients come to us and they say, I want to be booked on the biggest shows out there. Well, it's, that's, that might be great, but if it doesn't align with your target audience, it might be, you know, not that valuable. If you're able to go onto a show and let's say that show has a hundred listeners, think about if you're in a room with a hundred with a hundred people listening to you speak who are all your target audience, that's going to be a lot more impactful than speaking to a show that might have a thousand listeners and only 10 people really resonate with your message. I mean, if I could get 
every client that came to us on the Joe Rogan show, I, th I think I'd be charging a lot more uh, than what we currently do. I wish I could, but we just really found that sort of looking at the target audience. And now we have our clients fill out a long sort of questionnaire to learn a lot more about them. I think it's just really looking at that target audience and making sure that that podcast is an exact fit. And two, making sure that podcast has guests because that was something you know, I made a mistake early on in my podcasting career is pitching a show that never had guests. So it's really just doing a lot of that due diligence. I mean, if, if we made a mistake, you know, early on in the business and really did something stupid, you know, I can, I can attest that. But again, it's just all that learning curve and just learning what lurks, you know, and what doesn't work. And it's all just all just part of the business. And, you know, sometimes you just have to make yourself feel like an idiot to, to get to that sort of that next ground. So I, I guess in a, in a long form answer, what we really do just look sure, make sure it has a target audience, check out the show, reference a client, a episode, a past guest, check out the show description, website, um, and really just encompass what that message is and then re sort of rewrite that pitch uh, to that catered host. I love it. So smart. So smart. Okay. So how do we market this? Like, is it, are, do, are you mostly on a referral basis at this point? Are you doing any social media marketing, paid advertising, organic advertising? Like, how are you currently um, marketing, podcasting you? So we have two ways. One, probably the best way, referrals. Always the easiest when they come in. A lot easier to hop on a call, talk to them, you know, reference the past client that we had. So we probably about 50% of our clients to date come into referrals. And then the other part of the business and something that might make us unique is we do the other percent is we do strictly cold email where we're reaching out to individuals and reaching out to them and say, hey, you are on this show. Our, our company gets you on other shows. Here's a time to schedule a call with our company. And here's a case study website. You know, obviously, it's a little bit more, a little bit more to it than that. We like to make that, that custom email personalized and that sort of thing. But that's really how we do it. And we just found that to be the greatest success. We've tried Facebook marketing. We didn't really see that much. I had people signing up for calls and I would have the intro call with them. And it really wasn't working. And I've just found that having these sort of cold email outreaches just absolutely work perfect. And I think it's, you know, we try to make it personalized to what the person's talking about, what their story is. And then before sending that, I try to look and say, how can our company help them? How can we benefit them by working with us? And I try to sort of solve that puzzle piece for that person. Uh, and just looking at the brand. So let's say they're running an SEO based business. I could say, you know, we can help you get on more podcasts to talk about your SEO based business with the goal of having more customers sign up with you. So it's sort of solving that puzzle piece for them before I even send that email. And I think that's what allows it to make it more personalized and has a pretty good um, conversion rate. That's fantastic. So uh, let, let's talk about like, do you, do you have the numbers, like how many emails you send versus how many respond versus how many get on a call with you and then how many close? Yep, most certainly. So we send, or so I have a virtual assistant who does pretty much all the work and just giving her the guidelines and everything. So she sends out 20 emails a day. It's so about 100 per week. And then out of those 100, we'll have 15 people sign up for calls. And then out of those 15, we usually find around 30% end up taking on our services. Um, so about five of those. So the, th the good thing about that is being able to track it. So if I wanted to take on additional clients, then I could just know, all right, I got to hire a new worker because I can increase her hours or I can increase the pitches from 100 per week to 200 per week. Then we know we'd have about 30 calls. And then after that 30 calls, probably about 10 of those would become clients. So once we have those numbers, it becomes a lot easier to figure out the business. Because when we first started cold emailing, we really just started it last year. We took on so many new clients in such a short basis where I was hiring 
workers just as I was taking on new clients, which is not the best thing to do when you're running a business, trying to train people and take on these clients. But going forward, it's a, it's a lot valuable having those numbers and being able to understand, all right, if I take on additional clients going forward, what am I going to have to do? Does my team have capacity? Am I going to have to go out and hire someone, train someone new? And if I know I'm going to increase the client load, then I know I have to go out and hire someone three to four weeks prior so I can get their training all up to speed before they start taking on these clients. So it's not they're learning on the job as they're pitching the clients because we want to give our clients the best possible you know, experience working with us. And that's, that's not going to come from someone if we hired them today on a Friday and started pitching the client on a Friday, they're, they're not going to know too much to do. So really just having those numbers down makes it a lot easier understanding our business and figuring out how we can grow it to the next sort of point. I love that. That is something that I, so I own a Facebook advertising agency and really, you know, people are like, Oh, I think I need ads, but uh, I don't know. And I don't know how much to spend on budget, you know, and really it comes down to understanding the numbers of your business. Like, Success equals math, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If you know the math of your business and you know, like, like I love how you said, 100 emails leads to 15 calls, which leads to approximately five clients. Like you then can just, your business just becomes a lever, right? That you like turn it up or turn it down depending on what you need in the business. And Facebook ads are the same way. Like once you get everything dialed in and you know exactly like how many leads are going to book a call or how many leads are going to lead to a purchase, then it's just simply, turning up or turning down the knob of, of that marketing channel. And it's so powerful. It's such a powerful uh, way to take the emotion out of business and be successful and reach your goals. So I love that so much. Exactly. And that's the best thing is you know, for our business, we're currently doing six figures and my goal is to get to seven figures. So I'm able to look at all right, how many clients do we have now? What are we, what are our prices? What are we charging? All right, what do I have to do to get to that seven figure mark? Obviously it's to get more clients and it's like, all right, this is how much they're charging us. This is the X amount of clients. All right, if I need, you know, let's say 60 more clients to get to that seven figure revenue mark, all right, 60 more clients, then you, you can do the math about the email, the amount of emails sent, the amount of phone calls, the amount of closes. It just, it becomes a numbers game. Like you mentioned, it becomes a lot easier when you have those numbers because you can sort of turn that faucet on and off. If, you, if you're overwhelmed, then you, you know, we hold back on marketing. If we want to get more clients, then we turn that faucet on. And I think it's just such a big thing is understanding those numbers, especially when it comes to marketing. I love it. Oh, so good. So good. Um, okay. So um, talk to us. I, I always love to ask this question to my guests. Uh, what has been the biggest internal transformation you've experienced by being an entrepreneur? I think the biggest one is understanding that I really can make an income for myself. I was always told that go to school, you know, go through high school, go to college, get a job, and then, you know, work at that job for 40 years. And, you know, I'd started these small businesses, really didn't make that much money, you know, just, you know, maybe a hundred dollars here and there. And then I really learned with, especially with podcasting, I was like, wow, you know, everything sort of just clicked and I was able to really start to make money. And then while still going to school, I was able to build it. Um, over the last year or so into the six-figure business and I was like wow this this stuff actually works I mean as an entrepreneur I have you know these entrepreneurial idols and I'm like wow you know that's really hard to get to where they are sort of you know looking at what they're doing you know can I ever start a business that's going to be you know making me money just going through all these ventures and you know having a little success but nothing that's really great and that's where it sort of really clicked and I was like wow I, I don't have to work that job I, I can do this for you know hopefully as long as the podcast industry stays and 
by the looks of it, it looks like it's only getting bigger by the day. And that was the biggest thing is understanding that I can really make money for myself. I can actually do this. I can survive on my own. I can pay the bills by running this company. And I don't necessarily have to go out and, and get that job. And I think for me, it was, you know, even if I was making less money than I typically would, being able to run this business and having a passion instead of working for someone else would be you know, the biggest benefactor. And for me, it was always, I just never wanted to have a cap on the income. If I work 12 hours a day for a job, you know, I'd be getting paid the same amount. But if I was working 12 hours a day in my business, I know that I could go out there and generate more money, you know, more recurring revenue and all that sort of good stuff. And it's just understanding that money factor was, was just the biggest self-internalization for me to really understanding that, yes, people are going to buy from me. Because in the beginning as an entrepreneur, it's like, no, no one really knows from me. Why would they buy from me? Why would they care about my product or service? And it's sort of overcoming that to being like, yes, I do have a product or service that people are, are willing to pay money for. This is something that can actually work. And this is something that can provide me a good living and something that I can eventually grow. So it's really just having that self-actualization around money and understanding that, yes, I can make money in my business and yes, I can be profitable. Fantastic. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so, so great. Um, all right. So how can listeners get in touch with you, follow you, learn about your services? Give us, give us the details of how do we, how do we start following Trevor Oldham? Of course. So you can check out our company. So that's podcasting you, uh, you.com. If, you know, if anyone has questions about podcasting or even entrepreneurship, feel free to email me. That's Trevor at podcastingyou.com. And then feel free to follow me on Instagram. It's just Trevor or the at Trevor Oldham. I'm just the simple Instagram handle of my full name and you can feel free to follow me. and I'll be more than happy to uh, follow you back there as well. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. And one last, one last question I'm just really curious about. So did you, did you go to college or have you just, just done business since, since you graduated high school? So I graduated, so I went to college. Um, I guess a little piece of that is I didn't know about student debt and I graduated with $90,000 in student loan debt last year. But the good thing is I built my business while I was going to school. So I owe after today, I made another payment. So I'll be under, a little under 20,000 with the goal of paying it off by October. So I'm at least grateful that while I went to, while I did go to college, I wish I hadn't taken out these student loans, but I'm just grateful that I had a business where I can sort of piggyback and be able to pay my loans down a lot quicker than if I graduated with that 90,000 and didn't have anything to really, you know, pay it down quickly. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Well, this is Trevor Oldham. He is smart. He's hungry for success, but also super excited to serve the podcasting community. So it has been a pleasure having you on the Marketing Matrix today. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Awesome. We made it. Podcast Perfect. one down. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you, are, you are a sharp dude. This is so exciting. It's been really, really great getting to know you. This has been fun. Yeah, no, it's been excellent. I love it. Okay. So I want to get our, our shorter piece of content now. So let me describe how that works. So I'll restart the podcast um, as, as if we're just restarting. I might reference some things that we talked about because the way we released the episodes, we actually released the short uh, piece first and then the long piece. Um, but I also, I'll do your intro again and, and then I'll give you a chance to, to share your story. But this time, have it be like this 30 to 60 second mm. version. Uh, because I like the whole content is about five to 10 minutes with this. So it really is like, just like a power pack short episode. Um, and then I ask this one question. I ask what small marketing strategy or tactic has made the biggest difference in your business and why? 
Perfect. Um, so you can do the cold marketing if you want. You can do referrals yeah, I think that, if you want. But, yeah, um, I think that cold marketing will be perfect. So I think it's a strategy that not, or some people might use and not have success and it's just been the greatest benefactor in our business. So I could go into a little bit more in depth about like the, that pitch and how we sort of look at, you know, potential clients and see whether they're fit or not. And I can definitely go into that. That's pretty much our primary driver on how we've got new clients is outside of referrals is that called email marketing. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Okay, cool. That'll be perfect. Uh, let me just look at what time it is. Okay. We are, we are cruising. We're doing great. Um, Okay. Do you have any other questions or anything before we, before we jump into this short episode? Uh, nope. Seems good to go. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, let's do it then. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am here with the incredible and talented and super smart Trevor Oldham. Trevor, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you. I'm super excited to speak to your audience. Oh man, you guys, you are in for such a treat. Trevor is absolutely incredible. I want to take a second to introduce this entrepreneur and then I'm going to give him a minute to just blow our minds. He has given, a, given me a sneak peek already of what he's going to talk about and it is going to be one for the books, guys. This is something that I've not had a guest to talk about yet. So buckle your seatbelts and get ready because uh, we've got Trevor on today who's just going to blow our minds, okay? So a little bit about him. Trevor Oldham is a 23-year-old entrepreneur, author, and founder and CEO of Podcasting You, a done-for-you podcast booking agency that enables six and seven-figure individuals to speak to their ideal audience to increase their leads, attract new customers, and grow their brand. Prior to podcasting you, Trevor started Become the Lion, a motivational-based company that grew to over 600,000 followers in the first year. He's on a mission to teach entrepreneurs that age is not a factor when it comes to success. So again, big round of applause, big hand, cheering in your vehicles or wherever you're watching this pod, listening to this podcast. Welcome, Trevor. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. All right. So for our audience that doesn't have um, as much experience in your, uh, who you are and your expertise, tell us, like, how, how did you become this, this young, successful entrepreneur? About five years ago, I was working a job making $7.03 an hour. And that three cents came after a raise of three months. And I realized that $7.03 an hour wasn't going to be able to cut it forever. Unsure of what to do next, but just came across a book, Differences Between the Lower middle and upper class. One of the differences between the upper and the other classes is going off and starting a business. And, you know, I've done small little things, buy and sell baseball cards, mowed lawns, door to door lemonade selling, but I just knew I wanted more. Came across the site, Alibaba, AliExpress, bought and sold phone cases and that sort of opened up my ideal, ideal world to wholesaling products. And then started a brand called Trevor James Products, buying and selling bracelets from there. I knew I wanted to do even more. I wanted to go out and inspire others, which is where our company Become the Lion came in, grew it to over 600,000 followers, had a blog, podcast, courses, book, you name it, we had it. Um, it just with that company, you know, after two, two and a half, three years, felt a little burnt out, wanted to take a step on the sidelines, got back into sort of business, just freelancing. And 
I came across a client that wanted to get booked on podcasts, worked with her, still work with her to this day, three years later. And through her, got a couple of referrals. They gave me a couple of referrals and sort of just that business started to grow. And that's what I run today, podcasting you. You know, it's my most profitable, most successful business. And now it's something that I love to do. I love it. And guys, this, this entrepreneur, he is He's ruthless when it comes to listening to his market, niching down and figuring out what it takes to succeed. He goes into detail on all of those things in his longer episodes. So make sure to check that out because he shares, he goes into the nuts and bolts of his business that are just so fascinating and are sure to inspire an area of your business that needs some work. So make sure to check this out. So, but Trevor, for this interview, I've got one really, really important question for you. You ready for it? I'm ready to go. Okay. So the question is this, what small marketing strategy or tactic has made the biggest difference in your business and why? By far the biggest difference we've seen, cold email marketing, something that we started with about a year ago, never really expected anything to come out of it. No one unbeknownst to me, sent it, sent out about at that time, probably 50, hundred emails, had a bunch of new clients sign up, overwhelmed our company a little bit, but it was sort of that light bulb moment. I was like, wow, I can go to my customer directly. And since that time, we really reinvented that process. And what that pitch includes on that cold email is we try to make it as personal as possible for the prospect. And what we do by that is we'll, we'll go out there, we'll find our client of ours who, or a potential client of ours that's been on a podcast. So recently we've done campaigns working with real estate investors. So we'll go on, you know, let's say it's the bigger pockets podcast. We'll look at a previous guest on there. So any guest that's previously been on podcast, we know that they're interested in podcasts. We know that they have an interest and that we can end up working with them. So what our team will do is we'll go through, we'll pretty much create a list of all the guests. We'll scrape that data, whether, you know, that's a hundred guests, 200 guests, and we'll look at them. And then one by one, we'll go through, look at their website, look at their trying to achieve, and we'll try to solve that puzzle piece where some clients were like, oh, you know, if they work with us, we don't really see how we'd be able to help them. But in other areas, let's say they're real estate and they're looking to raise money for a syndication fund. Then we'll put that puzzle piece, you know, wants to work with us to raise money for their syndication fund. So we'll, we'll try to solve these puzzle pieces for all these clients before we even have that sort of first initial conversation with them. Where in that email, we can go through and we can go and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, I heard your podcast on the Bigger Pockets podcast. We work with other great real estate investors like yourself to get them booked on podcasts. We think that you would be a great fit for our services because we could see how you'd be able to raise money for your syndication fund by working with us and being a guest on other podcasts. Our company goes out there, we create a pitch, media kit, and database for you, all of which we have you approved prior. Everything is based off your approval. We never pitch you to a show that you want that you don't want to be on. If you'd like to learn more about our services, here's a link to my website. Here's a link to the scheduled time on, our, on my calendar. And here's a link to our client success story with another real estate investor we worked with who currently works with us and we've seen great success. You know, let me know if you have any additional questions. And then I sort of and then I have our assistant go out, she reaches out and then I create a frequently asked question. So some client might come back to us and say, how much is the price? And usually we find those clients, it's, it's not going to work. They all, you know, someone's always going to be cheaper than us. So I think having those frequently asked questions, if you're having an assistant do it, is going to be absolutely perfect. And we found that just by solving that puzzle piece for a client when sending that email allows it to make it super 
not super, but more personalized than if I was just sending off an email, not referencing the show they've been on, not referencing how we'd be able to help them, making the email too long and all about me, where we try to make it about the person and how we can serve them. And then to give you an example of some of the results we see, if we send out 100 emails per week, which we do is about 20 per day, we find out of those 100 emails, 15 people will schedule calls with myself. And then out of those 15 calls, we take on about five clients. So that way we're able to track these numbers. So we know if we want 10 clients in a week, then we're gonna send out 200 emails and we're just gonna double that number. And we've just really found that cold email marketing allows us to grow directly to that client. And we've tried other marketing strategies, but just for whatever reason, you know, it just, it just happens to work. And our marketplace, people gravitate towards it. Every, you know, maybe every now and then someone will be rude on the phone, but most, you know, nine times out of 10, someone will be happy to learn about our services. And that's the way we, we really like to do it. And it's not just sending it out there on personalized. We really just like to reference, you know, why they should work with us, how they could benefit from us, and then personalizing to the show that they've been on. So we know that we're not just coming out of left field and not referencing anything. So I just think it, it's a good strategy. You know, it's not our only strategy. We've, we've placed other strategies, but by far and away, the number one strategy we use is that cold email marketing strategy. And it might take some time to write it and figure it out, but you'll, you'll learn, you know, if you send it out with a subject line and the email and you only get five responses out of a hundred, but you send out another one and you get 15 responses out of a hundred, then that's sort of that split test and it's tweaking it and you can always go back and, and edit it. So it's really just figuring out what works right for your best for your business. And I can guarantee you the first sort of cold email pitches you send out, they're, they're not going to be that great. I could see the emails we sent out, you know, last year when we were first starting off, I'm super amazed that people signed up to have calls with myself. But looking to today, we've been able to increase that conversion rate by making it more personalized. And again, solving that puzzle piece, solving that puzzle piece for that person before, you know, we even hop on a call with them. I love that. And the, what I heard over and over again, you talk about is the need for specificity and personalization. Like the more personalized someone feels like when you reach out to them, the more they're like, oh, wow, like they actually took the time to, to research me and take care of me. Um, that, that is just, guys, cannot reiterate that enough. I had a guy uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn um, just last week, actually, who he was, he had just written a book and he reached out to me and he said, Hey, would you like me on your podcast to talk about my book? And I said, have you even listened to one episode of my podcast? And he said, no, why would I do that? That would take <laughs> me forever if I did that. And I responded to him and I was like, look, if you expect my team to vet you out, to bring you onto my podcast, which costs me money to produce, mm -hmm. then like you should do your due diligence. And I was like, if you had listened to my podcast, you would know that my podcast is a marketing podcast and I don't talk about the topic of your book. So if you want to talk about the marketing of your book, then that's one story. But the way you pitched this doesn't work. You know, it's so like I just had a conversation mm -hmm. with them just to be like, don't, don't waste people's time, you know? And uh, so I am like a huge proponent of being specific when you, in, your, in your outreach. I love it. So good. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the biggest thing is being personalized. And I'm sure everyone's been on LinkedIn, like you mentioned, and whether that's for your show, or your own personal LinkedIn, I get pitched for services because I have Trevor James products on my, uh, on my LinkedIn and I'll get pitches for someone to work with me to promote my company um, in the cosmetic industry using Facebook ads. And I'm like, I haven't run this company since 2017. If you just took the time to look at my profile, you'd be able to realize I'm not even running that company anymore. So again, it's really just looking at that personalization and trying to make it as personable as possible. My thing is, you're never going to be, you know, some, when it comes to personalization, you can never 
personalize enough. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so good. You can never personalize enough. Oh man. Well, this has just been straight fire, Trevor. Thank you so much for uh, diving into your business and sharing the nitty gritty of it. Uh, so how can people find you, follow your journey, contact you, ask questions? How can people get a hold of you? Sure. So you can check out our website, podcastingyou.com. So that's going to be Y-O-U.com. And then you can reach out to me via email. That's trevor at podcastingyou.com. And then for anyone that wants to follow me on Instagram, my, my handle is just my full name. It's at Trevor Oldham. All right, everyone. This is Trevor Oldham. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure. Um, and I know that our audience is just going to gobble up everything that you shared. Thanks again, Trevor. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on this bonus episode of the Marketing Matrix podcast. Next week, we'll return to our regular schedule of episodes. In the meantime, we always want to continue the conversation about marketing over our Facebook group, Facebook ads for coaches, course creators, and lifestyle e-com brands. So join us at facebook.com slash groups slash FBAdNinja. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to catch all the gold that is coming at you every single week. All right, see you next week.